Hello and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. So, hello folks and welcome to another episode from the Sales Chat Show in the Sales Chat Show studio. As always, the Sales Chat Show posse, Mr. Graham Jones, Mr. Phil Jessen and I'm Simon Hazeldean. And this episode is called Killer Sales Questions. We better explain what we mean by that. Well, we've had a little brainstorming session prior to coming on air to record this about some of the best questions we've heard salespeople use over our time working with sales teams. And it's just a it's just a rich blend of questions that you might be able to steal and apply uh, to close more sales, find more sales opportunities. So, uh, who would like to kick well, us off just, with a an killer interesting, question? Interesting killer question that I heard a uh, person who owned a website development company ask his customers all the time, and it was just simply, "Do you want it or what?" <laughs> and the, but it, it's actually even though you probably wouldn't ask that to your customers it's a, a mental question you should have yes. because actually a lot of salespeople are wasting their time attempting to sell to people who have no intention of buying and you really need to concentrate on the qualified sales leads rather than the ones who are just kicking your tyres well certainly asking qualification questions yeah. very very vitally important budget authority yeah. needs timing absolutely but that's a cl- kind of as a closing question do you want it or not I mean you can't close a sale without asking a question I guess maybe it's a little bit old school talking about closing the sale but you obviously you obviously have to have I think you'll find we have an episode saying you don't need to close the sale I'm sure we do do we have one on sales targets I don't know I can't remember don't start him um I'd like to go right to the start of the sales process if I may uh, as opposed to the closing end and I think one of the the best killer questions when we meet somebody for the first time is to say, when we spoke on the phone the other day and arranged this meeting, what was it that prompted your interest? And a question like that hopefully will map out the the areas of interest that the prospect has, brackets or not. And we'll know then, via that sort of question, what's on their agenda uh, maybe the order that we need to take that agenda uh, and so on. But it's a question that very few salespeople ask, I would yeah. suggest. Good good question mm. to add to your question about. I had the privilege of sitting with a distributor in the IT industry, their top-performing salesperson, um, very, very successful um, uh, female uh, salesperson, and so I sat with her for the best part of a day to try to discover what her secret sauce was that made her so successful because they wanted their best practice to be shared across the sales team. And the one thing it seemed to come down to that any single interaction she was selling over the telephone with a customer, she would always ask the person on the other end that she dealt with on a regular basis, different people, is there anything else on your desk or in your inbox that I could give you a quote on? Every single call, whether it was inbound from a customer, 
inquiring about something or she's making outbound calls, that was the magic question. Is there anything on your in, on your desk or in your inbox that I could quote you on? So probably could adapt and apply that, I guess, yeah. to certain other industries and certain mm. other, other situations. Mm. But quite often, I was sitting there pretty much the whole day. She must, she must have said that 30, 40 times and probably half the time, guess what? <laughs> There was, something. Something there, else, was, there was something. There was something. There was something. So yeah, if you don't ask, you don't ask, you don't get. I think another interesting thing about sales is you the, the sods law kicks in, as you know, and the salesperson that starts to talk about quality is talking to a customer that's only interested in price, and the salesperson that talks about the distribution network is talking to the customer that's interested in something else. So I think that very simple question, on this contract or on this project, what's the most important aspect of it from your point of view? Then, of course, the prospect will say, well, actually, there's three three issues. We're interested in quality, we're interested in this, and maybe the price issue ends up as being number four or five on the shopping list. But it, it finds out, again, the range of things that they're interested in, which allows us, the salesperson, to tailor the presentation and go in that order. I have a slight variation on that, is, um, which I was taught many, many years ago, was when you are thinking of having another supplier, when you're thinking of purchasing whatever it is, when you are thinking of da, 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 what is most important to you. Yeah. I was told that that was a criteria elicitation question. That sounds awfully technical. That's very posh. I know, yeah. posh, isn't it? We well, can be posh at the sales chat show. But it, it brings <laughs> out the customer will normally respond with the things that are the most important because of the way the question is structured. So it kind of... I suppose, links to Phil's to Phil's question. I think that you're talking about the structure of questions. That's really important. So you should always remember Rudyard Kipling. And uh, so Rudyard Kipling wasn't just a novelist and a poet. His day job was as a reporter for the Times newspaper. So he was the a foreign correspondent at the Times. And he wrote a, a poem to help him remember what questions he needed to ask people in interviews because that elicited the best information that he would have something to write about. He called this poem Six Honest Serving Men. And it's really straightforward. It's, I have six honest serving men. They taught me all I knew. Their names are what and why and when and where and how and who. So if you, if you ask questions that begin with what, why, when, where, how, who, those are really good questions that force people to give you some detailed information. So if you're saying, you know, what else is there on your desk that I can help you with, they are bound to say the kind of things that are on their desk that they need help with. And if you didn't think we were already incredibly sophisticated here at the Sales Chat Show, we've now had poetry. Poetry. Just saying, this is possibly the most sophisticated episode. I um, have the McDonald's Burger King question to offer you, which I realise um, as organisations have attracted some controversy over the years and so on and so forth. Well, these multi-billion pound organisations yeah. that sell every three seconds or whatever it yeah. is. Yeah. Not, whatever, whatever your personal <laughs> yeah. views might be, here's what you can learn from them. Would you like to go large? Or would you like fries with that? Or whatever. They always, 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 traditionally, historically, upsold. But they still do that now, because even though you go in and you order on a screen, before you get to confirming your order, they're asking you that question on the screen. 
and they're showing you very attractive images on the screen to make you feel more likely to want to press the yes, I'll go large. And I know maybe people listening in going, hey, hang on, I'm in B2B sales. It's much more complex than, say, f- fast fast sort of food. Well, I've, I've had the privilege to manage a number of very, very, very uh, successful salespeople, and a common characteristic of a number of them is they upselled beautifully and elegantly every single time. So, and also cross-sell as well. Yeah. So ask those upsell questions, ask those cross-sell questions. It works in many industries in some very, very sophisticated sales environments. 40% of Amazon sales are upsells. That, you know, yeah. other people who bought this also bought that. It's a, you know, would you like this to go with that? Here's a special deal to go with it. 40% of their sales are upsells. So they're, they're even electronically, we're being asked the right kind of questions that encourages us to buy more. Because the sales psychology, I guess, Graham, you'll know better, is when's the best time to sell something to someone when they're buying. Quite. They're yeah. in buying mode. Yeah. The credit card's out or the shopping cart yeah. on Amazon is out. Sell them, you know. If you if you buy shoes, they always try to upsell you in the shoe shop to some to some polish. <clears throat> Would you want some polish, yeah. And where's possibly the most expensive place on the face of the planet to buy shoe polish? Well, that's going to be in a shoe shop when you're buying shoes. But it works. It works. So upsell, cross-sell, I think. Um, can we then, in, like I say, in some quite sophisticated, sophisticated environments? Okay, what else we got, guys? Uh, I'd just like to flag up one of the um, guidelines that we've all heard of and uh, exercised in our careers, and that is, "Thou shalt not knock the competitor." Absolutely. Uh, the one person who can, of course, knock the competitor is the customer. And one of the ways that we can encourage the customer to do that is to say, how do you feel about the service you're getting at the moment? Followed by, if you had to give the marks out of 10, how many would you give them? And let's be honest, the competitor's probably been doing a very good job, certainly a reasonable job. And the customer will probably say, yeah, yeah, we're, we're okay with them. We'd, we'd score them eight out of 10. Then that, of course, allows us to say, well, what would we have to do then to score the 10? Or what are the two missing points? Etc. Etc. So that's a series of questions that I think uh, I would encourage our listeners to use that recognise that uh, the existing supplier, if there is one, are doing lots of things well. Uh, what we need to do is to identify that little chink in the armour, and that's one of the questions that will do it. I've just been having a um, before we record this episode a conversation with a with a potential client, and. Um, so very pertinent to what we're recording in this episode, was their view was that their salespeople were moving too quickly through the questioning and needs identification mm-hmm. stage, identification stage, sorry, and moving into the product presentation way too quickly. I see that an awful lot, guys. I, that's that's your your mm, your yeah. experience when you, and it's also it's the amount of time spent on questioning, but it's also I think the depth of the questioning. Often it's quite. Superficial. I, I sometimes refer to it when working with salespeople is there's the shallow end and the deep end of the swimming pool, and you, we're paddling in the shallow water. We need to be going deeper into yep. understanding the problems, the challenges, the cost of those, the setbacks, the restraints. So we're really, really doing a great job of understanding customers' needs. So I think more questions and deeper questions as a general principle if you think of that model that uh, came out years ago about unconscious competence and all of that stuff mm. stanford university 
Um, what these questions uh, should do, ideally, is to induce conscious incompetence from the customer's point of view, make the customer very conscious that what they're currently doing is not working or is yeah. not as good as an alternative. So some of the questions that we've talked about will do that, uh, as will another one. If you had a magic wand and you waved it over what's happening at the moment, what would you change? And probably the customer would say, well, actually, if I had a magic wand, I'd change this, this, and this. Well, the chances are that the salesperson that's listening to that can probably fulfill those needs or a fair chunk of them. And, and the questions we've been talking about here, we've actually used the phrase customer in the singular, but obviously, particularly in B2B sales, we normally have multiple people now involved in making in making a decision. I think in business to consumer, if you are selling to a, to a couple, then in, you yeah. know, you've probably got at least two decision makers or a decision maker and a decision influencer. So I think the question I would always encourage salespeople to ask is, other than yourself, who will be involved in this decision to buy or who will be involved in making a decision over which service provider you're going to? Because in B2B, it is almost never, I could almost say without fear of contradiction, never just one person. So you need to understand who all the key players are so you can influence them. I think that question should be asked very early on. Yes. In my career, I made the mistake of asking that question very late on. And the uh, person that I was talking to said, uh, oh, well, the other, the other person that would be involved would be my commercial director, Frank. And with that, he leaned back in his chair and tapped on a glass partition. And a man on the other side of the glass partition, Frank, waved. Now, had I actually bothered to ask that question early on, I might have been able to say, well, is there any chance that Frank could join us now, incidentally, I never ever saw Frank again. Uh, on, the return, <laughs> you, you, on the return visit, I never saw Frank. But you only um, waved at him through the bar. Yes, yes, I had the unique honour of waving at Frank through the glass. <laughs> oh, Frank. I think one of the important things you're talking about, you know, going down to those deeper questions, the important thing is that once you've asked the question, you've got to give enough time for them to answer. And one of the things that a lot of salespeople find it difficult to do is saying nothing. Yes. And so what you've got to do is allow them to... So you, you see these kind of questions, you know, what else can we help you with, all those kind of things, and then, or who else could be involved in this decision? And they go, well, we've not really thought about that. And so you go, oh, all right then, and then you move on. Well, actually, you need to stop talking at that point and let them think about it. So if there's a pause, if there's gap, if there's silence... We want to fill that silence, and that's precisely what you mustn't do when you've yeah. asked these deeper questions. Because mm. what you do need to do is allow your customer the room to answer the question. Yeah. Mm. So if you don't pause, if you don't leave, and it's really difficult, so it's really, really hard that when you've asked a deeper question to sit there and say nothing. I have a colleague who um, advises salespeople when they've asked a question to listen to the air conditioning to give them yeah. something to do, which is quite a clever, I think it's quite a nice little, nice yeah. little one of, one of the yeah. things that, but I used to be a journalist, and when I taught journalism, I remember being taught that you are, are constantly asking questions, but then just stop and say nothing. Mm. And it's amazing that you've done what you think is a fantastic interview, and you've got all this information, and then they they want to fill the silence. Yeah. So they you sit there, and you just look at them, and say absolutely mm. nothing, and you've got to be really brave, and just sit there for 
Sometimes 30 Actually, seconds and we're say talk, nothing. We're talking killer sales questions. We maybe should have called it killer sales questions and then listening and very then listening. carefully to the answer. Yeah. 70, 30 questioning, listening balanced guys, approximately more. More, I'd say more. more yeah. at a minimum. Yeah, more. 80, 20, yeah, even yeah. 90, 10. Uh, sometimes you're amazing. I'm a backup growing point. Amazing what people will say when yeah. you just shut up. Just shut up. And, yeah. just, and, and just let and them just, fill the space. And just listen. I think yeah. the question that works quite nicely later on in the batting order, if I could call it that, is to say, well, we've talked about how we can help your business, but how can I help you? It yes. works more at yeah. the personal motivator. Uh, and I've certainly uh, heard people say to me, well, you can help me by making sure that your proposal is under £5,000. Mm. Why is that important? Well, I can authorise it. Oh, right. And on another occasion, uh, when I said, how can I help you? Uh, the, the, pro the prospect, as he was then, said, well, do you do those psychometric tests? And I said, yeah, we've, we've got a bank of those within our team. Well, why do you ask? Well, my son wants to become a pilot, and he's not really very in the know about the contribution he would make within a team. So if you've got any of those tests that you could do on my son, I'd be most grateful. Now... We were very happy to do that because, it, you know, it identified something that we could do that would help him. But clearly, that's at a personal level, Absolutely. got nothing to do with the business level. So you'd never ask a question like that early on. But once the rapport and the trust mm. is there, I think that's a very fair question. Well, we've talked about how we can help your business, but how can I help you today? Well, a lot of business decisions will have a strong yep. personal need yeah. influence on them. I yep. mean, there's no, yeah. nothing, don't mean anything sinister or Machiavellian by that. Just, just you've obviously, your, your KPIs, your objectives, yep. your targets as a, and to, to, to the point about the, the questioning and the listening, um, bit a bit of an oversimplification here, but if you say, looked at say the Myers-Briggs psycho test, sorry, extroversion, introversion preferences, certainly when I was being trained in Myers-Briggs, they would say as a generalization, the extrovert's preference will tend to think out loud, whereas the yeah. introversion preference will go inside to think and then to respond. So if you are an extroversion preference salesperson, talking to an introversion preference or dealing with listening to introversion preference customer, Ask a question, pause, give them time to reflect, and then you will get a better response. Watch out for machine gun questions. See salespeople, they fire five or six questions, one after the other. Only one of them is going to get answered. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it just confuses the customer we, enormously. We should point out that other personality tests are available. Absolutely. There's prism yeah. brain mapping, I would strongly recommend, but then I am licensed to use that one. So yeah, <laughs> it's going commercial in again. Yeah, I know. This is the 007 in him. He's licensed to I'm licensed. Thrilled. We've had poetry, licensed, and posh, and everything today. What a, a rich melange we've you'll had be, on the sales. You'll be mentioning that book of his now. But we're not going to. We're not going to mention. What the inner no. dinner one? The inner dinner one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm now going to have to go write that book, can't I? Now that you've spoiled it so much for me. So, folks, I've got one than... more. Sorry, I've got one more oh, question. Just right, a right, moment. A right question at the end. near the end. Right at the end, which is where I sense we are now. Uh, right at the end, <laughs> what you might call that sweeper upper question? Is there anything else I need to know? Brackets before I tell you how we can help you, or before I go back to the office and talk to my colleagues, or. Whatever yeah. it is, but is there anything else I need to know before I shoot off? I was um, out on a field visit with a salesperson from a client recently, and they asked, "Have I missed anything in one call?" And in another call, they said, "What have I missed?" Yeah. Which I thought was an interesting yeah. 
Um, interesting little difference of phraseology that maybe the last one, what have I missed? Yeah. Is more likely, I think, to get to get a response. I think it's nothing. a good rapport builder, that one. Because yeah. it shows a little bit of vulnerability. We're not perfect and probably the customer but will Yeah, have a nice sweeper up question right at the end. I think it's a really, yeah. really, yeah. really, if you've established the rapport, if there is anything else, yeah. they'll tell you. I can yeah, think of an occasion where I asked that question and the, and the, and the prospect said, well, one thing you need to know is I'm actually leaving this business in a fortnight. Well, that really meant I had to start all over again. Yes. Uh, but now I knew and we could uh, talk yep. about that quite openly rather than it just going quiet. Yeah, yeah, rather than phone back for the second appointment yep. or, and ter- or even turn up three weeks later for an appointment. <laughs> yeah. oh, he but doesn't work here anymore. <laughs> yes. Have you met Frank? <laughs> He's the other side of the partition. So, uh, Frank is knocking on the other side of the partition now, waving at us through the partition. So, we better go and uh, see Phil's uh, salesperson, uh, sorry, customer, customer that Phil never met. So, uh, thank you for listening in, folks. Good good luck and good questioning. Everyone from the Sales Chat Show, a ton of episodes at saleschatshow.com or from wherever you prefer to get your sales podcast. We will be there. So good luck and good selling, folks. You have been listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And from everyone here at the Sales Chat Show, we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling. (laughs) 